Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. I'm Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson, and wow, it was college basketball week, Ralph. I, uh, I, I stocked up on new batteries just for my remote controls so I could follow all the games. And, man, it was really a lot of fun. I guess winter is officially here, right, with basketball getting underway. Definitely college basketball time. is just kind of weird. I watched Duke and Kansas and Michigan State and Kentucky games. I went to the UVA games this past week. UVA loses to, to, to Navy. But, you know, I think the shift between all the transfers and the portal, whatever, it's going to be hard to get the teams really all together because they haven't been together that long. Mm. Uh, and they played, you know, a couple scrimmages or exhibition games, but they haven't really played together as a unit for a season or even a, a better preseason. So it's going to be tough for these, these schools, I think, to be able to get their players to play together quickly. So I think you, it's going to have to take till, you know, January – mid-January when you kind of get get a feel of what you got out here. And it's going to be crazy. I mean, you look at the powerhouse Duke has, but they're all young and they still can play, but they haven't hit any stretch of the ACC, ACC network, ACC you know, challenge, Big Ten. Right. They haven't hit any of the big boys yet, right? So it's going to be interesting to watch. Ralph, you hear commentators say all the time, you know, talking about a team's chemistry and makeup. You know, maybe chemistry is one of those overused words in in sports but when it comes to basketball and a team growing up chemistry is pretty important right mac you know how it goes we i i got tired of practicing against my own teammates <laughs> sure. you gotta have some you gotta have some fresh meat out there every now and then right and then when you get in the trenches the, the game is totally different than the practice or scrimmages i watched georgetown virginia scrimmage it was the worst scrimmage I've ever seen, right? Both teams were just trying to figure it out, right? And then watching the game, it's a whole totally different environment. You got the fans in the stands now. You got the cheerleaders. You got the band. And those young players, especially ones that have transferred from one school to the next, and now I got new teammates, you're not going to know what their player is going to do when it gets to be crunch time or the pressure of making a free. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to know because you've not been in that situation with your teammates. So it's going to be interesting to watch. 
in just the first week. I mean, Florida State scored a lot of points in their cupcake win. And, you know, Carolina is going to be good. You talked about Duke. We understand that. But Mike Young and Virginia Tech will be a team to really watch because experience, they've got three seniors, I think two juniors in the starting lineup, and plus Mike Young is a heck of a coach. I think Virginia Tech is going to be really good. Well, I agree with you. I mean, they could be good. Florida State with Coach Hamlin is always good, but they have seasoned veterans that's played mm-hmm. together in, in those stretches, and that's where they're going to beat up on teams. Even North Carolina has some, some really good guards now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll be ready to play, and I think they'll surprise a lot of people. You know, we'll see if Hubert Davis can coach them at this point in time. You see, uh, you know, Coach Williams sitting in the stands at the first game. Like, it had to be totally different for him, right? Being on that sideline for that many years. Now I'm a spectator. So that's a little different different brief for him. But it's interesting to see how, how that pans out with all these teams. College basketball, you got to love it. Looking forward to today's show for a lot of reasons. We've known Jimmy Miller for a long time, right? Ever since he was a Wahoo early in his career. And, uh, you know, good good friend of yours and has built a, an investment firm, just a terrific young man. And John Freeman, who was named Voice of the Cavaliers last week, went through, uh, you know, he had to audition basically for four games. He was covering uh, four football games and, you know, got the interview and was able to, to grab the job. Uh, his folks are from Crozet. And the backstory is that John reached out to me at age 16. And he sent me a resume with a couple of entries where he had worked and said he wanted to be a part of the network. He had listened to broadcasts in his bedroom. He had followed Virginia for a lot of years, went to Virginia. His wife went to Virginia. And now he is a true and died in the wool Wahoo. And he's broadcasting games and living a dream. And I love it. Jimmy Miller, John Freeman, our guests on the Winter Circle Network and Center Court when we come back. Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Drops back to throw. Lobs it towards the end zone to Wicks. Oh, he rises high and makes the catch. That's just big boy football. Touchdown, Virginia. Don Tavian Wicks rose above the canopy. It was 12 feet in the air, Cub. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. It's Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. And Ralph, a couple of good friends today. Looking forward to this. Jimmy Miller and John Freeman are with us, the Virginia Sports Network basketball broadcasters. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Jimmy was your teammate from 81 to 83. He was the East Regional MVP in 1984. I always like to throw that in. He has his own investment company in Charlottesville, just prospering like crazy and a little under the weather, but is joining us today. 
and the newly named voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, John Freeman. John is a Crozet guy. His family still lives there. John spent a lot of time in Charlottesville, went to UVA, worked with us on the Virginia Sports Network, started to call games and really get into the business, and went to Nashville. He was doing MLS soccer. He was doing freelance basketball, had the opportunity to come back with the opening, and now is the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, and I know that sounds good. John, how good is it to be back in Charlottesville working as the voice of the Cavs? That's a good question. Thanks, Mac. Um, I, I get that question about how good does it feel being back in Crozet, and uh, I think a lot of my friends think I'm living this super glamorous life as the voice <laughs> of the Cavaliers, but uh, literally waking up in my parents' house uh, to start the transition happened so fast uh, and getting offered the job over a weekend and having a game to call with, with Jimmy on Tuesday that the only logical place for me to be staying right now is in my childhood bedroom, <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, and the funny enough, that's where I used to listen to you call games, partner. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long, long road to get to this point. And a lot of people responsible for me being here and you're one of them. Is the Ralph Sampson poster still on the wall? No, no, no. I, I, I do have – now I know where to get it signed. Uh, I, I've got it. It says the Caval – it's – you probably know it, Ralph. It's uh, – I think Danny Ainge is in it from BYU. So so my, my thing is, so I got to validate something for you. So, so Mac tells me the story that when you were 16, you, you were writing this letter. So, you know, from Western Iowa, which, you know, I beat them by – a few points where I scored 50 points. That's my only claim to fame of beating Western Armour. But I want to validate that story, number one. And number two, I mean, I was in Crozet recently. I'm like, this ain't Crozet like it used to be, right? It's totally different now. But two-part question, tell us a story about you sending that letter to Mac, one, and do it. And how's life back in Crozet? Man, uh, the, the way I describe the Crozet era that I grew up in was the pre-Dairy Queen era that's that's what put us on the map when that thing came on it was like well here comes five thousand more homes soon uh i would love to see ralph sampson playing against some western Admiral basketball players back in the day that must have been i'm surprised you only hang 50 crozet i mean i go way back to the point where how about this i would listen to games of of virginia on the radio in crozet and at that point back like there were no tv broadcasts for what all but two or three football games sure. a year maybe a couple basketball games um and the way that radio works especially back in that day is that if it's am radio it goes to something called night pattern um, <laughs> where like legally you have to like turn down the power of your transmitter and radio at a certain spot um based on what the fcc says so the virginia basketball and football games if they carried over into night they would switch to night pattern somewhere around like six o'clock in November. Yeah, it had to do with radio night patterns. Yeah, and if the game was a three o'clock kickoff, which many of them were, I missed the fourth quarter. And in oh, that, wow. in those days, there was no internet. Like that shows how old I am. There was no internet to check the score. So you literally have to wake up in the morning, look for the newspaper to see who won the football game that you were listening up to dinner time. Um, to be able to to hear so yeah it's when you asked me how long ago in crozet that's it's it's been a while 
We used to get letters all the time from people who found a favorite graveyard or a mountaintop and they could listen to RVA out of Richmond, which was clear channel, meaning they could broadcast, you could hear them everywhere. And uh, yeah, yeah, we used to get a lot of strange mail of where people were parking and listening to the games. Well, I want to bring in Jimmy Miller, uh, Jimmy fighting through a cold, but uh, boy, he weathered the storm on Tuesday and uh, it was just such a a terrific listen. And I'm so excited to hear you two guys uh, knock it out of the park the way you did even though uh, UVA lost. Uh, Jimmy, what I think this is your fifth year and how have you enjoyed being a part of the Virginia Sports Network and calling basketball? You know, for being around basketball most of my life and then being, you know, we still have season tickets so we'd go to watch the games as a fan but it was a period of time, right? You kind of get removed and you just see the game as a fan uh, and then, you know, I'd quickly go home and uh, wouldn't think much about it afterwards. And, and, and now having this opportunity sitting, you know, courtside and getting to know the players, getting to know the coaching staff. I mean, my, my first two years, these guys were 66 and six. I mean, they <laughs> lost six games, three games the first year, three games. I can tell you all six games. And, and so the, the product was really good. <laughs> and, and, um, we're, we're uh, watching ACC basketball every night and, 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 and doing it at a high level. So, I mean, it, to, to your question, it's just been a ton of fun. And I couldn't have imagined doing it in a better system than where, where I am right now, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, at, at 66 and 6, it's hard to come by. And the games were sometimes tight, sometimes not. And I'm sure you can remember the six losses. But how did you – I mean – you know, after playing and then uh, got this great financial company, how did that come about where you got, you know, at least the job of being the color commentary, you know, uh, on, on court, on, on court side? Yeah. You know, that's a, it's a great, it's a great question because uh, back up, you know, uh, 11 years ago now, um, they approached me to, to do it then. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we had just started our, uh, our own company, uh, financial planning and investment management company. So when I was, when I was offered that job, I, I went, I said, can I think about it? And, and uh, I went home, talked about it with my wife and, uh, looked at the schedule and, and she was supportive, but the biggest thing was because we were just starting our, our company. I felt like I really needed to be present when we were going through that transition and talking to all of our clients and telling the story of what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I had to decline. And, and then I was at practice a couple of weeks later and, and Tony just kind of walked over to the side while they were scrimmaging and, and he just leaned in and he said, so you said no. <laughs> and i i did i was i was like i know i was so embarrassed i didn't know what to say and, and um so fast forward you know however many six or years later the opportunity came around again um the opening presented itself and the former play-by-play guy dave kane first called me on a friday afternoon as i was coming home from work he said hey man I got two things. One, we talked a little business. And then second, do you, you know, would you be interested in doing this? And, and so again, I'm like, wow, you know, it was that fast. I went home, talked about it with my wife. 
looked at the schedule and I told her, I said, listen, if I say no this time, they're never going to come back. (laughs) That's, uh, I I said yes. And I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity every day. Well, Jimmy, you do a terrific job as an analyst and, and really I'm talking radio TV. You're one of the better basketball analysts that, that I have heard. And before Ralph and I recorded with you guys today, I was talking to Stick about teammates and chemistry, and he was saying that, you know, even though, you know, I know you guys have known each other for 40 years, but he said Jimmy Miller was an outstanding teammate. What was it like to be a teammate of Ralph Sampson's? Why did he consider you such a valuable teammate? Whatever I was coming in, I was going to be better because I was playing with him. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Well, well, well Jimmy, he asked, he asked a question, okay. Uh, who recruited you? And that's that now. I said, I, I know I was around, but I'm sure Othell Brick and the crew was there when you recruited. But, you know, you made that decision come from West Virginia. Could have went to any college in the country, but you, you chose Virginia. So I obviously pre- thank you for that. So <laughs> great teammate, for sure. Early on in his career, he talked about the type of players that he was recruiting. He needed to get a group of guys together that could learn to lose together before we could learn to win together. When you experience adversity, the team that you have around you to manage through that together, uh, I think is huge. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Senate Court in the Winner's Circle Network with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. John Freeman, Jimmy Miller, our guest. Jimmy is a basketball analyst with John Freeman, who just got named voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. And, you know, John, there's nothing better, and especially, I don't, I don't care whether you're broadcasting football or basketball, but to have that very special analyst to give you that support and know that he's there for you, there's nothing better, is there? Absolutely. Uh, and, and Jimmy is is certainly that for me. There's... So many times in a broadcast where you can only describe so much and you need a break. <laughs> and sometimes you tee up your analysts and you don't know what you're going to get back. Um, <laughs> and, you know, when, when I tee Jimmy up, he's whether I, I give him a good prompt or not, he's always going to have something good and interesting and insightful to say. And the other thing, too, about analysts is after you work with them for a while or sometimes you just hit it off right out of the gates – uh, there's a way of you just learn the speech pattern of that person. And I feel like Jimmy knows the second that I wrap up a sentence and I'm not going to say another one, he's jumping right in. Um, and it goes, goes the same way back with him. I'm pretty sure that I know when he's about to finish his point and I can pick up the baton the second he finishes. So uh, it is uh, chemistry on a broadcast is probably a lot like chemistry when playing, you just start to pick up on on body language and tone and and all of those variables. And in the end, it makes for a better broadcast. And I feel like Jimmy and I have had a, a real good start. Uh, we actually broadcasted a few games a couple of years ago in Atlantis at the uh, the battle for Atlantis. Yeah, so, y'all, um, so y'all, y'all, y'all been around each other. Then. That's good. Yeah. And you, you learn a lot. <laughs> when you're with somebody in Atlantis, uh, <laughs> four days in, in the Bahamas. So that accelerated, that accelerated things a bit with us. Uh, so it, I'm glad we got those games in because it, it means that I don't officially start my career on the Virginia sports radio network with a loss. Were there, so any pregame jitters, you know, Jim, you know, pregame jitters or pre-broadcasting jitters, you know, you, 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 you coming out in the first game and a new season and, you know, it's a different environment. Tony is home. Uh, and Jim, you, I mean, you guys are old school. 
as far as season vets. But for this game, were there any pregame jitters between both of you guys knowing it was going to be good, or what was your expectations? Uh, I want to tee up Jimmy here. <laughs> this was like his Jordan flu game. So I was just nervous that Jimmy was going to show up to the game. He was he was dog tired and sick, and uh, we had to figure out if you know, he was going to be able to get through the door with the COVID test. And you know, Jimmy, you came back COVID negative just a few hours before, but you you were you were really under the weather, and um, I appreciated that you you didn't hang me out to dry there. You know, you could have <laughs> stayed at home, and uh, I'm sure you felt like you wanted to be anywhere but a basketball arena, but you showed up and not only did you play, you played hard. Um, and I appreciate that. That was what I was most nervous about. <laughs> I was like, man, we got an hour long pregame show and three hours after that, maybe on the radio. And there's a chance, just a chance that I'm gonna have to do it all on my own on my debut. But uh, Jimmy stepped up. So if he was Jordan, I was, I guess is what Luke Longley, <laughs> Scotty Pippen, something you like be, that. You gotta be at least John Paxson or somebody. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta shoot the ball. No. Who was the last man on the bench on that team? That's what I was. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm forever grateful that Jimmy didn't hang me out to dry in my debut. Yeah, uh, you know, Ralph, I was, I was really kind of uh, internally, despite feeling so badly physically, I, I was. I was really excited uh, inside because uh, I know I know that this was John's first game uh, in an official capacity, and and I did want to be a part of that and and be with him. And you know, fortunately, it was a nine o'clock game. I mean, I I really was struggling throughout the day and long, yeah. And if it was any earlier, I'm not sure I would have been able to make it. But I, you know. It's funny too, and you'll know that you'll remember this certainly as a player. Sometimes when we're injured, right, we go into a game and you've got a, an injury, and players play better uh, when they're either, you know, they've got an injury or they're sick or whatever. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so to your to your broader question, like I I was excited about the game, but was really going minute to minute because I was had to focus on myself and trying to keep myself together and 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 uh so it was it was really uh a, a testament of just kind of being in the moment just okay you know don't think about okay it's a nine o'clock start and you're going to be here at midnight right, right. up like see if you can get make it to the 10 minute mark and then, and then and then see if you can make it to halftime I mean, that's really kind of in my mind. I didn't say that to anybody, but that's, that's kind of how it was. was now that we have you. Now that we have, I'm so curious. Was there ever a moment where you were like, I'm going to have to tap out? I don't think I <laughs> Raise my hand, I'm out. I tell you, it was, it was late, uh, late in that second half, maybe. I, you know, if you notice, if you go back, if there's any footage, like I had my sports coat on at some point. I took my blazer off in the second half because I, I was starting to sweat. I was I was just getting, you know, um, I could feel myself deteriorating physically. Uh, so, um, you know, if the, if the game went into overtime or something like <laughs> no, that, it was going to be like a round. Well, it was late it, enough as it was. Well, if there would ever have been a time for you to bow out, uh, what, they didn't score for over eight minutes, so maybe that would have been a, a good time to exit. Anyway, Jimmy, I want to get back to the, the cadence thing because, you know, when it comes to broadcasting, and especially basketball, 
you know, it's very important that, uh, you know, both announcers, analyst, play-by-play guy, that they understand cadence, where the openings are, that you don't trip over the play-by-play guy the entire night. You've got to listen, but yet you've still got to do your job. It is not the easiest thing to do when it comes to broadcasting. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great point. Uh, you know, part of being a great communicator is, is being a, a, a really good listener. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, John will, will, will tee me up, uh, you know, and, and then there are other times where, you know, the, the cadence uh, is the sequence of, of just getting to know the rhythm, right? And he stops. Mm-hmm. And, and so for, for me, I, I view, okay, what did he just say that I can might add to uh, or uh, then try to succinctly describe and articulate what just happened, but and not so much the what, but, but why and how. And, um, and being able to do that in a, in a concise uh, manner, you know, is, is the challenge, particularly in radio, because if it's a fast game and, and so the, the, just from a timing standpoint, if the ball goes in the basket, then John is, is soon to be out. I know. And then I'm going to step in and I'm going to try to describe how and why, uh, by the time the ball gets backed up over a half court and into the offensive set, I want to try to be out and, and give it back to him. And, um, you know, it's not always perfect, but, uh, uh, coming with with getting the repetitions games in together, we can mm-hmm. tighten that up and and um, and really uh, step. You know, everybody talks about that word of chemistry. You know, and that that's where that really gets fine tuned. I think with with um, with time. Fortunately, it's not like you know L.A. Lakers where you run up and down the court and fast break. And these uh, Virginia has a little slower pace. I just want to know that you know with Virginia's first game and. The, the eight-minute law, Mac just mentioned earlier, where there's no scoring. Uh, and Jim, you, you you've been around the, the the program, you know, all your life. You see the the championship teams and the teams today. Uh, me and Mac was talking about a little bit earlier as well. When you know you got these new, new transfers coming in, you got the port, you got all kind of stuff. What basketball-wise, my opinion is that you got these guys coming in, and I know I think Tony Bennett is the best coach in college basketball. How do you see this team meshing together? Uh, on, this, on the sideline, the player, and then also have to commentate these games uh, when you know that a team is oh for whatever for eight minutes, and you got to come up with something creative to say that's positive <laughs> about the team, right? Yeah, you know, it's that's a that's an interesting observation because uh, in that game at about the nine minute, um, nine and a half minute mark, I picked up that Navy went zone, yes. and and I thought that really. Uh, changed the complexion of the game and, and Virginia really struggled because they had momentum they got it they tied the game and then and then Navy went zone and and really challenged Virginia to okay can you beat us from outside can you shoot and score from outside we're not going to give you anything in and around the basket anymore and 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 so when you when you look at this team I think I equate this team to um, very similar to the 2019-20 team that Virginia had post national championship when DeAndre Hunter, 
Kyle Guy, Ty Drome, Jack Salt, all those guys were gone. And then we had Mamadi Diakite and Braxton Key uh, there inside. And if you remember, that team struggled early on. They lost some games. They lost at Boston College, I remember, in early January. And and I think I think this team is very similar in they're going to try to have to find their identity. Uh, and and that's going to come with time. And so they might they're going to lose some games maybe early on as they navigate that. But that 2019-20 team finished strongly. They won, I think, their last eight games and were going into the ACC tournament before everything got shut down. I see this team could be a lot like that, very physical, uh, hard-nosed, and will continue to get better, better as the season goes on. They find Statman on the left side. Statman pulls the trigger and delivers. Gives to Beekman, returns back to Clark. Spots up for three and drains it. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Slips to the right block, intercepted. Franklin's got it. Feeds up court to Beekman. Cruises to the cup and slams it down with one hand. Welcome back to Center Court and the Winter Circle Network with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. Our guest, Jimmy Miller, former Cavalier basketball player, analyst with the Virginia Sports Network, has a very successful financial business. I got to throw that in. And John Freeman, the newly named voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. John, I, we might have touched on this in the first segment, but what did it mean to you to be named voice of the Wahoos? Uh, well, I hate to speak in cliches, but it meant a, a dream come true. This has truly been something since I reached out to you as a high school kid <laughs> wanting an internship. Actually, even before that, you know, I was doing play-by-play of video games in my parents' basement, you know, <laughs> before I even was able to intern with you in high school. And uh, the hope was that one day I'd be sitting, you know, at a UVA game as the person who's calling the play-by-play. So uh, when I found out that the job was mine. It was kind of a culmination of just years and years and decades and decades of having to do some really crazy things just to keep your head above water in the broadcasting industry. You, you can fall out in this industry. It's, it's, it's not a straight line up uh, at all. You know, you go up and then you go down a little bit and up and down and zigzag and um, kind of like elastic, you know, you get farther and closer to the dream. You just can't let that elastic snap. Um, and I was finally able to, to corral this job after spending almost you know three decades thinking, wanting it and, and going for it. And, uh, I'm excited to, to no longer have to, you know, participate in, in chasing so many opportunities to be eligible, uh, for this and now get to put all my energy in actually doing the job. Um, and then lastly, uh, a, a sense of relief. You, you go through all these hardships to get a job like this. And by hardships, I mean a lot of time away from family, a lot of time traveling, uh, a lot of the play-by-play jobs uh, that I took barely paid, or to be honest, I ended up losing money on gas and supplies, <laughs> uh, not knowing if it would ever come to anything, um, something that would be sustainable in the way that, that this job is um, and will be. So uh, relief that all of those sacrifices, all of that work, um, actually ended up getting what I was going for. And that in itself is is an amazing experience. 
Well, I'm sure though, uh, I, I, like like Jimmy, you when when you pushed at that job and they gave you offer, you you didn't have to go to the wife and say, let me think about it, right? You, you, <laughs> you, it was like automatic. Okay, great, we're going for it, make it happen. How did that feel from the from the wife's perspective or the family perspective when you know you come back home and you alluded to I got to go back to my house in Rose, sleep in the same bed or house that I grew up in? <laughs> the family wise. From that perspective, what did they think about? I'm sure they're elated by this, but what's their what was their reaction? Yeah, my mom tried to play it all cool. You know, <laughs> like I could tell it was just exploding in her head. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Um, my wife is a UVA alum. Um, she loves Charlottesville. We love Charlottesville. Um, but we are moving away from her hometown. So uh, my address is still in Nashville, and the move will uh, happen probably after basketball season is over, and I'll live temporarily in Charlottesville. Um, for her, it's a, a massive sacrifice. Um, and I'm aware of that. And, um, Jimmy, you surely get this when, when you go on the road, you leave your family for a few days. Um, and this profession itself requires, uh, those around you to, to not just tolerate this profession and, and, um, how you participate in it, but also support it. Um, and that's the biggest difference, not just, uh, tolerating, doing play-by-play -play and traveling in, in this industry, but supporting it. And, and my wife does that, and I'm so grateful for it. It's uh, such a selfless thing for her uh, to do for me. Um, and she's a, she's a nurse, uh, anesthetist, so she works in medicine, and I'm hoping that she'll be able to, to secure a job at one of the wonderful hospitals here, and hopefully that won't be a problem. So I think her profession says everything about her and how selfless she is. And Jimmy, I remember your first go around and you were flirting with the position, but you still, you know, you had a job to launch. You were launching a new business, a big financial investment business. And so the timing has got to be, all right, I'm comfortable. Things are good. Family's good. Family's grown up. And now uh, I can pursue this. It's not a hobby. It's a job. It's a second job. And I have to commend you because you understand the why and how you're not just a cheerleader yelling at every slam dunk you see. Well, <clears throat> thank you. Yeah. You know, when I, when I took the job and there's so many parts that I was trying to learn about the job, uh, it, and I wanted to be objective, uh, at the very least, I, I um, I didn't want to be a so-called Homer. Uh, so I wanted to be able to, to, um, convey you know if the team's doing really great okay and if if that play was not so great then be able to say that mm -hmm. and um but but do it in a in a you know in a in a in a manner that is not throwing somebody under the bus or you mm -hmm. know like that so I'm, I'm really mindful of not trying to um um you know, be too negative. My, my cup's always half full. So if I, you know, <laughs> you know, so if I see something, you know, and if, and if it is bad, it's bad and we call it. And, and, but like I said, man, remember, like I, I've been, I don't want to say spoiled because I don't take it for granted really, but, but Virginia basketball has been really, really good uh, during this, this stretch that I've been in, uh, a part of it. And, and, um, so in that, that's huge, you know, I, and, and so we've got something to kind of cheer about and, and, uh, there's not a lot of, um, 
you know, long stretches, but anyway, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, um, you know, try to be, try to see it like I call it, like I see it. And, and, um, and if I can put a little cherry on top, that's great. So saying all that, you guys, I, I, I'm on the sidelines here, play. I only commentated a couple games on TV where I was a guest, whatever it be. Okay, great. But as a listener out there, and, and Mac, you know this from your career as well, and Jim and, and John, I'm sure you do it. People probably don't imagine what goes into the game prep that you really have to do pregame and postgame and during game to prepare for a game, right? I mean, you're just not coming out with stories out, out, out of the left side of the year, right? How do you guys prep now for a game? And, and Max now, the coach, because he's prepping students that uh, for sale down in Florida at uh, Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting. But how do you guys now, you know, you got to prep for the game, you got to get together before the game. What is, what's your routine? Uh, and I know you might not work it out yet, but is there a routine you guys are going to develop, like prepping for a game? For me, it's the hardest part is figuring out when to stop prepping. Uh, there's always more that, that you can prep and know about every player, but after a while you get like way too, too in the weeds of, okay, well, this player in his sophomore year of high school played against <laughs> Kihei Clark in the AAU. <laughs> and then you're getting way too deep. I always think it's a three to one ratio. So if it's a four hour broadcast, 12 hours of prep, um, if I'm under it, I'm nervous. If I'm over it, I prep too much. Um, and that's always kind of my stopping point. Uh, when it comes to, just building storylines. That's to me, the most important part is you're not just prepping what everybody's free throw percentage is. Um, you need to find some sort of, of intriguing storyline for every game, whether that's Virginia trying to get its first win on Friday, um, whether that's a, a player's return to their hometown, um, whether it's avenging a, a loss from the year before, you just can't go into a game saying, okay, here we are game six of 32. Um, there's nothing interesting about game six of 32 and I need to tell an audience why they should be interested um, in this game. I don't get to choose the storylines. Those choose, they, they, they develop themselves. I just need to identify themselves. And then tactically, Jimmy is so helpful. He, he's so well regarded amongst the coaching staff that, you know, he shows up with a really good understanding of the opposition. And before we get to games, he's helping me prep. Uh, for the other team as well and their tendencies and, and who to watch out for. So I, I, I do try to uh, get with the coaching staff beforehand uh, to, to get what I would view as their keys to the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I do get uh, to view some uh, videotape as well of the personnel of the opposing team. So as the season goes on, I'll get to know our guys really well. So what can I learn about the opposition to, um, that you know to enhance the broadcast and and oftentimes that's within 24 hours of the game really because it's it's so fluid i know i've said it a couple times i'll just say it again you guys do a wonderful job your first broadcast together at least this go around when john was officially named voice of the Cavs, i thought tuesday night was exceptional i told a lot of people that uh i had some people uh write you know, say, hey, John and Jimmy, boy, they they sound great. I go, yeah, uh, that's the sign of not only two very uh, devoted professionals, 
but it's the sign of people who get it, who understand, uh, you know, what to put into a broadcast, when to talk, how to talk, what to look for, uh, you know, how to bring things to the forefront, not to be critical, but to be constructive. You know, those are those are skills. Those are things that what, what I tell my students all the time at the Dan Patrick School, it's what you put in your toolbox. And right now, you two guys, uh, your toolboxes are very full. So thank you very much for being part of the show. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Voice of the Cavaliers, John Freeman, Cavalier basketball analyst and former Wahoo, Jimmy Miller. This is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. When we come back, get ready. Ralph has got some basketball camps coming up. We'll talk about it after this. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one, Full Sail University. Great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. Welcome back in the Winter Circle Network and Center Court. That was, uh, Ralph, that was a lot of fun with uh, John Freeman and, and Jimmy Miller, uh, really one of the better basketball broadcasting duos in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I'm not just saying that because they're our friends and I've worked with both of them. And really, I just, I admired their preparation. I admired their their work and, and listening to that first game. It was like they had been together for years. And for John to be thrown in the fire like that and Jimmy to, to support him as sick as he was, it was terrific. Well, as you heard the interview, I mean, Jim Miller is, you know, he's a great teammate, you know, on and off the court mm -hmm. and now behind the uh, the seat of a broadcaster doing color commentary. I mean, he, he probably knew what pressure, you know, was at that point in time, bringing somebody new in to try to figure out how to make this work. And it worked beautifully. So great story. And uh, I'm sure they had a lot of fun and, you know, interesting to see how they do, you know, in the next number of games, ACC tournament, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what a coach to, for him to have with Jim been through the fire with that. That's terrific. Busy time of year, yes, with the holidays. I get it. But what about basketball? Stick, I understand that you've got a, a couple of uh, camps coming up, two-day camps in November and also in December. You're going to be a busy guy. Yeah, I mean, so we're back in Massanutten uh, doing some of uh, our virtual clinics uh, that we did last year. And that's going, you know, really, really well. Uh, you know, due to pandemic, we did virtual clinics and we did six, seven months of that, but it was good. Now we're back doing it again. Uh, and also doing a, a, a Thanksgiving clinic, uh, the 26th and 27th of November, and then a two Christmas clinic, two day clinics, the 27th, 28th, 29th and 30th. The camaraderie with math nuts even stronger. You know, I just got back from, from seeing our guy Dana. I'm going to say hello to him out here. His father is going through some prostate, his father-in-law going through some prostate issues. So I spent Saturday with him uh, and his family just to say hello, et cetera, et cetera. 
And uh, the camaraderie there has been amazing with Mass Nut. So you guys out there, if you ever want a nice vacation, go to Mass Nut and Resort in uh, lovely uh, uh, Harrisonburg area, McGaggensville, Virginia. But also all these events back are on uh, our new website that just launched recently, SampsonBasketballAcademy.com. Okay. And you'll see all of our events coming up. we got some, some tournaments coming up next year. So I'm excited about all we're doing in the basketball world. And since we're talking basketball and camps, I know we have a lot of fun with the virtual camps that uh, Massonet and sponsors and, uh, you know, a lot of people online want to talk to you, want to talk to you about basketball and your career, and that's always a, a good time. So we have another virtual basketball session coming up, what I believe it's Thursday, November 18th. I still like to get on the court with kids and all that, so now we've got a combination of both, so I'm excited. All right, Ralph, thank you for another great week. And remember, you can find all our Center Court social media on Instagram and the Facebook page. Be sure and, and go there. Thanks to all our affiliates across the state of Virginia that carry this show. And, of course, we love having our podcast there. It just gives you so many ways that you can listen. And before I go, you wave the magic wand above my desk. You are bringing us, bringing me... An Oakland Raider. Mike Haynes joins us next week. One of the best defensive backs to ever play the position. That's next week. So have a good couple days. Enjoy your college basketball, and we'll see you then. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.